God is good, and all the time, we serve a good and faithful God. And no matter what we see, God is in control. And we're going to see victories in our life. And we need to know that we will see victories, because God is in control. And if God is with us, who can be against us? And the enemy is going to try to destroy you. It is in his nature and in his job description. The Bible says that the enemy came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And no matter what you see, our trust needs to be in God. And no matter what takes place, our trust needs to be in God. And our eyes need to be in Him. Fully. All the time. And I encourage you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. We're a couple of weeks from an election. And we don't know who's going to win. But I know one thing. God is still on the throne. And if you're a believer and you have the right to vote, go vote. And how do we vote? We vote for the candidate that closest aligns to the things that we believe in, believe in scripturally. That's how we vote. But your eyes cannot be on a candidate. They cannot. They need to be on Jesus. Amen? Amen? Um, not sure why. I can't see the, the, the PowerPoint on the back. Ralph, if you can duplicate it so that I can see it, please. That way I don't have to look down all the time. Can we give God one more hand of praise this morning? He is so good and He is so faithful. Amen? And we've been in this series titled Juicy Fruit. And we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, which is in manifestation in the life of He who is connected to the vine. Because this is not something that we produce on our own strength or on our ability. The fruit of the Spirit comes out as we are connected to the vine and the Holy Spirit is flowing through us. And that's what we need to make sure that we can stay connected to the vine. And it's not enough for us to connect to God on occasion. We need to connect to God daily. Daily. It's not enough for us to just be like, you know, I don't feel well today. Let me pop in a vitamin. Oh, I don't feel well today. Let me find a verse to stand on. No, no, no. Daily. That's right. He agrees. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes, the Bible says. And he's like right on point. That was a perfect amen. Feel free to amen with him, all right? We need to pursue God daily. Not on occasion. It is not enough to connect to God just on Sunday. Or just on a Wednesday in our young adult small group per se. Or just on a Friday with our youth. We need to do this daily. And our daily connection and walk with God is what's going to take us forward. 
And if we don't connect daily, we're going to be walking and fighting an uphill battle. Today we're going to continue talking about the fruit and we're going to speak specifically about the fruit of goodness. All right? The fruit of goodness. And uh, we've been building and building our mango here together. We spoke about love and joy and peace. We've spoken about patience and kindness. And all of these previous preachings are on our Spotify and our, our, our YouTube channel and Vimeo and our website. There's many different platforms where you can go get caught up on the series if you've missed anything. But today we're going to be specifically talking about the fruit of goodness. And the word goodness is in the original language the word agathusune. Agathusune. Say that 10 times real fast. It's a tongue twister. But that is what the word in the original language means. And, and I typed up the definition because it's long and it means a lot of different things. And it's going to pop up here behind me. Goodness is kindness in actual manifestation. Kindness in actual manifestation. It is virtue equipped for Action. And we're going to get to that in a little bit, but goodness requires action. It is virtue equipped for action. A bountiful or plentiful propensity both to will and to do what is good. And, and I'll harp on that one because it's not just that you will to do good, is that you will it and do it. There's a heck of a whole lot of people that will a lot of good, but they ain't do squat diddly. To will and do what is good. It is an intrinsic goodness producing a generosity and a godlike state or being. And it leads us to something that's very important. Goodness this word, agathisune, is actually a very rare word that combines both good and doing good. It's a combination of good and doing good. As a matter of fact, it is so rare, it only shows up four times in the Bible. Not the word goodness, because the word goodness actually shows up in many, many different times as you read throughout Scripture, but it's not this specific word, okay? You guys know that in language, there can be words with multiple meanings and, 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 and different things that connect, right? So the specific term goodness, agathesune, only appears four times. Twice in reference to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Come on, let's say that verse together. And the fruit of the Spirit is... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. You know, we do those verses with our girls every single morning on our way to school. There's several verses that we have them confess and declare. And it's important for us to memorize scripture so we can stand upon it. But it, 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 twice this word we find it where it references the fruit of the Spirit. There in Galatians and also in Ephesians. Once it references believers. In the book of Romans chapter 15, Paul writes that you are filled with this goodness. And the other time it references God and His goodness. Which leads us to our first point, which is this, if you're taking notes. notes God is the source of all good. 
God is the source of all good. Look at what 2 Thessalonians verse, uh, chapter number 1, verses 11 and 12 says. Te 2 Thessalonians, good Lord, help me with the English language today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God's goodness manifest in us. Why? Because he is good. James chapter 1 verse 17, James chapter 1 verse 17 says that every good thing, every good gift, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light. It comes from God. God does not make mistakes. You are not a mistake. You were not an oops. God has a purpose in your life. At creation, God created everything, and he said, at the end of everything he created, he said, and he saw that it was good. We call God good. We actually, in church, we always have that saying, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. He is the one who is the source of all good. The second thing I want you to jot down this morning when we're talking about the fruit of goodness is this. Jesus placed an emphasis on goodness. He placed an emphasis on goodness. And I, I want to read a couple of Bible verses this morning to, to talk about the emphasis that Jesus placed on goodness. Right? So if you're there watching at home, tune over to your Bible as well. And all of you here, open up Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Luke 6, 27. And you can put on your seatbelt because this is a good one. It says, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. See, can I tell you something? It is very, very easy to do good to people who are good. It is very, very easy to do good to people whom we like. It's very, very easy to do good to people that can then give us something in return. It takes God flowing in us to do good to our enemies, to love our enemies, to do good, as the Bible says there, to those who hate us. As a matter of fact, the next verse says to pray for those who curse you. How many of you know? I mean, I just said it at the start of the preaching. This fruit does not come naturally. There's a lot of really good people on the planet. But goodness doesn't save you. And we'll get to that in a minute. So it was Jesus' highest aim for us to walk in goodness. Because that's what he said there in the verse. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. As a matter of fact, the book of Proverbs says to do good to the people who treat you bad, basically is what it says. And it says, in doing so, you heap coals of fire on their head. It's pretty graphic. 
You're dumping a fire pit over the person. A lit fire pit. When you treat them with the goodness of God, even when they're not. The second thing about Jesus' emphasis on goodness is the fact that it marked his ministry. It was a mark on his ministry. If you read in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, sorry, 28, or 38, I can't read my own handwriting. 38, thank you. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, agathos is the word there, doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus went about doing good. And as we spoke about last week and the week before, he didn't just do it to good people, right? I mean, as a matter of fact, Jesus was criticized because he went out and did stuff for the sinners. And then he said, y'all, I didn't come here just for the good. I came to those who are lost. See, these last three fruit that we've been talking about, today, goodness, last week, faithfulness, the week before, patience, they are, sorry, thank you, kindness, they are for other people. Exhibit patience towards other people. Exhibit kindness towards people. Exhibit goodness towards people. And not just, and, we, and, and last week we talked about it when we spoke about kindness, it specifically means showing it to the people who tax your patience. <laughs> If you didn't hear that online, somebody sighed very loudly. <laughs> I'm going to say it in Spanish because it just sounds good. Al que te llene la copa. All right? The one that fills the cup. It would be the transliteration of it. It just doesn't make a lot of sense in Spanish. I mean, in English. That's who we need to show this to. Because again, it's God operating in us. Remember, I just talked about the fact that everything good comes from God. Thessalonians 1:11, The goodness of God towards us. What is the goodness of God towards us? Even though we were yet sinners, He still loved us. Sent Jesus to die for us. See, a lot of times we don't want to do things toward people because they had hurt us and they don't deserve it. Newsflash, we don't deserve it. But Jesus did it anyways. It followed, it marked his ministry. The third thing I want you to jot down is this. Goodness is an action. Goodness is an action. Everybody say the word action. If you're online this morning, go ahead and type in there in the comment box, action. Goodness is an action. It's not a theory. It's not a thought process. We read it in the definition. It is the desire and actually doing what is good. See, a lot of times we know what's the right thing, but we do not do it. I've been there. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been there. I know what the right thing is to do, but I don't. You know that the Bible calls that sin. Literally, that's what the verse says. To he who knows what is good and does not do it, to him it is sin. It's pretty intense. 
Let it sink in for a second. It's not enough to know what's good. We need to do it. We need to show it. And again, we don't do it on our own strength. We do it on God's strength through us. So one more time. Say it with me. Put it in the comment box. Goodness is an action. Jesus showed us this through the parable of the Good Samaritan. Can we dissect that this morning? Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 30. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to begin in verse number 30. It says this. And we'll get you a little synopsis. There was a lawyer who asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment, right? What am I going to do to turn it eternal life and Jesus told them what does the law say he says the law says love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your might love your neighbor as yourself Jesus said that's great go do it so then the guy he wants to get clarification he wants to find where is the line he wants to get in by the skin of his teeth right so he says to Jesus who is my neighbor won't you be my neighbor? Eh? Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus says this in verse number 30. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. These robbers even took the guy's Nikes, Levi's jeans, and polo shirt, right? Like they even took the clothes he was wearing when they mugged him. Beat him up and left him half dead. And it says there in the next verse, Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He crossed the street to not walk next to him. Verse number 32 says, Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, he came, looked, and passed by on the other side. I mean, the priest saw it from a distance and he's like, oh, I'm going to go the other way. The Levite, I mean, he might have even been worse. He came and he was like, whoa, they got him good. And then he kept going. Verse number 33 but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Then Jesus asked the guy, so which one of these do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, goodness is an action. Go and do likewise. Now, there's four key things that we can take away 
from the Good Samaritan, which embody what goodness is. Are you ready to write these down? All right, number one is this. He showed his love to one who had been overlooked. He showed his love to one who had been overlooked. What did the priest and the Levite do? They passed him by on the other side. Guys, showing goodness to the one who's got it isn't truly goodness. We are supposed to show it to the one that's overlooked, to the one that is struggling, that is being put down. Showing goodness. He showed his love to the one that had been overlooked. The second thing we learned about goodness in action in this story here of the Good Samaritan is this. The second thing, write it down. He had compassionate on the less fortunate. He had compassion on the less fortunate. Let me tell you a little bit about a Samaritan. A Samaritan was seemed or deemed a half-breed. They were put down. They were not on par with the Israelites, with the Jews. As a matter of fact, it, they, they, they discriminated against Samaritans. A lot of times people think that the, the discrimination and racism that we still see in America today and across the world, and it is wrong and a sin. Clarify this. Racism is a sin, and it goes against the heart of God. It has always existed in humanity, and the only place where we will not see it is in heaven. What do we need to do? We need to do our part to try to end it. But we live in a fallen world. And this was racism. The Jews did not like Samaritans. As a matter of fact, how did the guy answer? Remember, Jesus said, a priest, a Levite, a Samaritan. And when he asked the, the attorney, he asked the lawyer, who showed kindness, what did the guy say? The one who showed mercy. He couldn't even bear to say the Samaritan. So the Samaritan who was already put down because of who he was as a Samaritan from Samaria, he showed compassion to someone who was even less fortunate than him. The guy that had been stripped, beaten, and left for dead. It tells us another thing. There's always somebody who's got it worse off than you do. As humans, we are selfish, and we always think, woe is me. Why is this happening? Why, why, me, why, why? And we think, if you look around you, there is always, always someone that's in a worse position than you. And goodness shows compassion to that person that is less fortunate than you. God's goodness. So the first thing we learn from him is, he showed love to one who had been overlooked. The second thing is, showing compassion to the less fortunate. Here's the third one, write it down. He generously committed his time to one who had been stripped and beaten. I mean, he didn't get there and call 911 and drive away. I mean, there wasn't a car, but he could have jumped on his donkey and, you know, go. He didn't call for someone else. No, no, no. He stopped. He got down. He used 
oil, wine, whatever he had to clean the guy up, set him on a thing, picked him up and put him on his animal and went to an inn and took care of him. He generously devoted his time for this individual. And the fourth thing we'd learn is that he was generous in his giving. Because not only did he take care of him in time, he paid for his care. And then left two denarii. If you remember, scripturally, biblically speaking, a a denarii was a day's wage. One day's wage. So this guy took care of him, took him to a hotel room, paid for his stay, and when he went to leave, he left the guy at the inn, at the hotel, he left him two days' wages worth of money and said, here it is, take care of him. And not only that, he said, if you spend anything more than two days' worth of the wages that I'm leaving you, when I come back through, let me know and I'll pay for the rest. Could this guy ever pay him back? Probably not. Therein lies, in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. We do things not expecting things in return. Because our reward and our benefit comes from God, not from man. See, there's a lot of people who will do good, but they do it expecting things in return. I know people who are very, very wealthy that do not have a relationship with God. And they will give a lot of their finances to 501c3 or to nonprofit organizations, not necessarily a church, I would be a 501c3, but to other 501c3 companies, nonprofits, so that they can get a tax credit. They don't do it just out of the goodness of their heart. They do it so they don't got to pay Uncle Sam as much taxes. They are doing it to get something back. Or they do it to get their name on a building. Or they do it to get their recognition. They do it to get a sponsorship, you know, branded. Not out of the authentic, intrinsic desire to walk in an attribute that is natural to God. That's the distinction. As a fruit of the Spirit flowing in us, or us, us as a human trying to get the favor of man in the way that we act. Four things that we see in the goodness of this Samaritan. Again, number one, if you were writing them down, showed his love to one who had been overlooked. Had compassion on the less fortunate. Generously committed his time to that one. And he generously committed or gave of his finances to help this person. That characterizes what the fruit of goodness is. It's an action. It doesn't just say it. It does it. It puts it into practice. But I got to be clear on something. Goodness or being good does not save you. There is a misconception across the face of the earth. You ask people, hey, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And many people will tell you, well, probably heaven. Well, how do you know you're going to get to heaven? Oh, because I'm a good person. 
I've never hurt anybody, which is really a lie because everybody has hurt people. They're trying to say I've never killed anybody. But I've never hurt anybody. I help people. I give to the poor. Y'all heard that people say that before? And the reason that they say it is because goodness is an attribute of God. And so if you are doing what is seen as good, you think, therefore, then I must be gaining credits with God. But the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. And then as a believer, you do what is good and what is right because it is now birthed in your new nature to have the desire and to actually do it. People tell us as a church all the time, wow, you know, such a blessing. You guys do things for orphans and you plant churches and you do this and you do the other. And man, I, 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 you know, it's a good thing about the mask because they can't see my facial expression if they tell me now. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't tell. Because my answer all the time when people tell me things like that is like, do you guys know the Bible says to do that, right? Like that was not a strategy that God gave as a revelation to 3W Church. No, no, no. The Bible says take care of the orphan and the widow and the sick. The Bible says to help the person in need. Like we're just doing what God said. But the broken world system cannot fathom that we do what is right out of the goodness of us being connected to the one who is the source of all good. So what does one do to be saved? Worship team, come to the altar. The Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible says that if you confess or declare with your mouth that which you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. It's not on your works. Ephesians chapter 2 says that is not of works, lest any man should boast. What does that mean? We would beat our chest. I did it. I'm good. I earned it. That's what boasting is. But it is not of us. It is because of Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And when we accept Jesus into our heart, the Bible says we are engrafted into the tree or into the vine. So let's circle it back to John 15, how we started this series. God is the divine gardener. He put the seed of Jesus into earth who grew and made a beautiful tree. And when we ask Jesus to come into our heart, we are grafted into this tree. And now the sap that is flowing through that tree flows into us as branches, which is the Holy Spirit, is that sap. And the Holy Spirit going through the vine and through the branches, which is now us, produces this fruit and the fruit it's for others goodness is an action it's not a theory it's not a thought it's an action God source of all good Jesus 
He emphasized the importance of being good. And we got to understand, now it's our job to go out there and put it into action. Let's stand to our feet. If today you say, I thought that by my good works I could get to heaven, and you understood now that it's not, you need a relationship with Jesus, and you say, Pastor, I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart. What does it take? It's simple. Belief and confess it. Declare it. And I want to give you that opportunity if you're watching online or if you're here in the building. As well, if you're listening to this as a rebroadcast on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you use your podcasts. Today, you want to give your life to Jesus. Just say this prayer with me in church. Let's pray it together and say, God, I am a sinner. And on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son. That he came to earth. He lived the perfect life. He died on the cross and he rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin and my unrighteousness. So today, I ask Jesus, come into my heart, write my name in the book of life. And God, from now on, I'm yours and you are mine in Jesus' name. If you made this decision for Jesus today and you're watching us online or you're listening to this as a podcast, we want you to let us know. Send us a text message simply with the word Jesus on it and send it to 786-226-7343. Again, send Jesus to 786-226-7343 and tell somebody else that you made Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're here in the building and you made this decision today, come talk to me after service or Pastor Fernie and his wife Monica. We want to pray with you and tell you a little bit more about what God wants to do in your life. Father, today we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for depositing your goodness in us as Christians. And I pray, Father, that we may exhibit and put into action this goodness. Not that we would just think it, feel it, but we'll act upon it in Jesus' name. Let's worship him for another minute.